1: Blue Wire. Welcome back. This is the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants football podcast. I'm Dan Schneier, joined as always by my co-host, Nick Filato. Tonight we're going to break down the recent news for the Giants. There's been a lot of news happening despite the NFL season only being a couple days old, despite the fact that it was Black Monday, but that didn't really affect any Giants per se, but yet a lot of movement has gone down as far as movement toward What we will see from this Giants franchise in 2021. So let's start with the big news, the news that dropped first, and that was two reports. It's still not confirmation, but reports from Paul Schwartz from the New York Post. And at this point, I do believe that given what's happened to the Giants beat with Garofolo moving off of it, with players being less open with reporters, in my mind, the reporters don't travel with them on the bus anymore like they used to back in the 70s and 80s. It's really a more closed situation as far as getting scoops but Schwartz has gotten a lot of scoops he has someone in with the Giants so I actually when Paul Schwartz reports things that actually grabs my attention and then when Ralph Aguiano reports things it's another guy old school guy has been on the beat for a while still probably has some sources within the building and both of them came out and said Dave Gettleman will be back with the Giants for the 2021 season so let's start
0: there Nick what was your initial reaction to Gettleman being back for 2021? I'm not overly surprised by it. I mean, I think the Maras probably view this in a way that it's a little bit separate from the previous two years, and I don't know if that's the best way to approach it, but this is a new thing that he has with Coach Judge, and those guys, I guess, are working together and can get the job done in Mara's mind together, and Dave Gettleman is giving him the, the, I guess, ingredients to create the team that can hopefully go to the Super Bowl. Now, the record obviously does not suggest somebody who necessarily absolutely deserved another chance. They've won 15 games under his tenure. That's not great in three seasons by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm not overly disappointed that he's returning. I'm actually okay with it. To be honest, I think, like we've said so many times on this podcast, I want Dave Gettleman's draft process, especially in terms of trading back, to be more considered. It doesn't seem like it's been considered. It hasn't happened in the first round as a New York Giants. It just hasn't. So that's something I would like to upgrade on. I think there have been a lot of mistakes. But with Joe Judge, I think this is—you can say Joe Judge's team if Joe Judge is comfortable with him being there— I'm okay with it. I don't think it's egregious. I don't know if that's the most popular opinion by any stretch of the imagination. I think this could have went 50-50. If he ended up getting fired, I wouldn't have been really upset either because I think you can make a solid case on both sides. So it was decided that he's going to return. I'm not overly upset about that.
1: Yeah, I was initially very surprised by it, but I guess I probably shouldn't be as I've looked back on it and kind of thought more about it. I shouldn't have been surprised. John Mara has always been an owner who, for some reason, puts a lot of stock in the final game of the season. Now, I don't view that as a very wise play because, again, you're facing a six and ten or six and nine Dallas team with injuries littered across the board. It's not that impressive of a victory, and it doesn't happen if Mike McCarthy challenges that incomplete pass. But he cares a lot about how the team finishes the season in that last game, and for me, I'm not sure. I again, I don't put that kind of stock in it, but that's okay. Because of that, I shouldn't have been ultimately surprised. I get the impression that this was actually more up in the air than it seems. And the way they finished, I guess, quote-unquote, made the decision. But then again, the Giants did also finish with three games before this Dallas game where they were pretty much uncompetitive and lost easily to an Arizona team that looked horrible in the three games after they played the Giants. Just horrible to close the season. And before that, a Baltimore team that in the playoffs okay but again you need to beat playoff teams to be in the playoffs you want to be a playoff team you beat playoff teams you don't just beat up on the nfc east and joe and the joe Burrowless Bengals, in my mind and then of course the cleveland browns another playoff team so i don't know if i would consider that a strong finish but ultimately mara did so i'm not going to be surprised i get it and also i think something that nick touched on earlier this offseason really rings true in my mind and that's in the covid offseason especially with More so than I can even remember, so many GM jobs open this offseason. The Giants would have been, I think the Giants would have made number eight if they had opened up the GM job. They didn't start doing it. They didn't fire gentlemen during the season, so they haven't started looking. So they would have been behind the eight ball against all these teams who have already made those decisions at the general manager position. And you saw tonight, the Texans hired Casario, a guy who's been rumored at times to go to the Giants. Who knows if that's even a good hire? Everybody asked me, okay, you don't like Edelman. Who do you want at GM? I'm not going to tell you I know anything about best GM candidates. Where am I going to learn that information? You tell me where I can find resources on who the GMs are. Nobody knows who makes these draft picks in the first place. Like, Who knows what kind of role Casario had over these Patriots drafts? I don't know. What I do know about someone like Casario is he does understand the process to the way that I enjoy it, which is basically the drafts is a crapshoot. It's an imperfect process. You can't outscout these people. You're knocking out smart 31 GMs who are paid very well to do their job. So don't fall in love with prospects. Fall in love with picks. Try to take more swings. And I don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon under Gettleman, but at the same time, I'd be remiss to say I didn't think he did an excellent job during the 2020 off season. Not only in free agency, Bradbury, Logan Ryan, Martinez. Sma- slam dunks, and it's hard to slam dunk in free agency. But this 2020 draft is shaping up like in my mind, going to be the best one he's had especially when you consider the fact that both will hernandez and dexter lawrence are just high floor picks i'm not going to give a gm so much credit for nailing a guard and an interior defensive lineman those are the easiest positions to hit you should hit those if you're taking those in at 34 and 17 and let's be honest 34 will hernandez is not looking like a good pick right now and not looking like a strong evaluation hopefully that turns around but as far as that that's a 2019 and 2018 who knows what jones Baker's off the team, but 2020 brought a new light. We really like what we saw from Xavier McKinney when he got his legs under him. I really liked it. First round, Andrew Thomas really bounced back nice, and it's starting to look like, okay, that's a good pick. Is it worse? No, but it's okay. It's still a fine pick. It's still not Eric Flowers. It's still not, you know, Saquon Barkley a running back at two and not doing anything with that capital. It's not even Will Hernandez type thing where you might be getting a bench guy at 34. And then you look at Darnay Holmes who made a really good impact during his rookie season. And I think the arrows only pointed up there as well. Who knows what happened with Parrott and all those picks besides that. But Crowder, those guys, you know, Crowder, Cam Brown, even at times Carter Coughlin, all guys making some kind of impact in their first season, all guys who fit what Patrick Graham wants to do. And I think ultimately some of Gettleman's misses in his evaluations can be tied to the fact that he was drafting players for James Bedro's defense. And that's how all these GMs do it. They have to draft players for the systems. And so I'm not going to fully knock him for that. It's the process that bothers me with Gattelman, and it always will. I don't think. I think one, he falls in love with prospects, which is a really dangerous game to play. It truly is. I think he also, for sure, went into that 2019 class saying, "I'm going to get a franchise quarterback," which I think is also a very dangerous game to play. I think you should not draft per position. I think the Giants would have been fine waiting, not taking a quarterback in 2019, taking Josh Allen, the pass rusher, and then getting Justin Herbert in this class because they would have landed Herbert because the Giants absolutely loved Herbert. They might have even traded up for Herbert knowing Dave Gettleman. And guess what? That's one that everyone could have been totally fine with. Dave Gettleman could trade all the picks in the world for Justin Herbert if they were still looking for a quarterback in this class and it would have been fine. So ultimately, am I surprised by the decision? Not when I really think about it. Am I angry about it? Am I no am i disappointed yes but also like nick always says it's true it's not like i can name seven gms who i could just off the top of my head know for a fact do a better job than the giants i don't know gms and i want someone with a better process I don't think dave has that at least now he's kind of done a good job establishing what he wanted to establish as running the football and stopping the run, I don't think he's going to pour more picks into the running back. I don't think he's going to pour more picks in the interior defensive line. I hope not. I, if he takes an interior defensive lineman with one of these first two-round picks, I'm going to lose my shit. But at this point, I think he's at least built—it's taken a long time. It's three years, and we're still not even sure if the offensive line is fully there. But at least there are pieces in place, like Nick said— And at least now it's more of a, okay, we have this and this and this on the roster and we need to do this and this. And those things are more clearly defined. So there'll be less leeway for him to fall in love with the defensive lineman like he did Dexter Lawrence and maybe lose some opportunity cost by not taking a pass rusher there or a corner or a receiver or something like that. So I think at this point, it's more defined. And I think with like like Nick said, with Joe Judge's guidance, they can kind of build towards the future. That could be a winning future. Would you agree with that take?
0: But before we continue, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Hey, everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and you just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your own show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month. Same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com dot com slash join. I think uh, something that may suggest a little bit of positivity for the future with Dave Gettleman is the fact that he didn't select Derek Brown out of Auburn last year because he had an opportunity to do so, but he knew he had to get a tackle because Derek Brown was phenomenal in college and yeah I'm not I'm not disappointed in the fact that they retain them I'm not surprised the Giants are a very conservative organization and there's been a lot of change the last couple of years and with this covid season I think it's fair to say that they can give get them in another year pairing with Joe judge and we could see and evaluate where it is next year now I think the team this year, I think there's more pieces in place and there's a better general feel from people who follow the Giants and are fans of the Giants going into 2021 than there was 2019 going into 2020 and I think that's something that John Mara wanted to see and I can say that there's a lot of obviously factors that go into that it's not all Dave Gettleman but Dave Gettleman has a hand in that and I think that probably also led to Mara making his ultimate decision
1: yeah and it's that can be debated and I'm not so sure I totally agree with you on that I think More so, why we're looking forward with more optimism going into 2021 is the coaching, is the hire of Patrick Graham and the hire of Joe Judge, two guys who I think made a much bigger difference on their season than Dave Gettleman did. Though Dave Gettleman did bring in Blake, he did bring in Logan, and he did bring in James Bradbury. Those are three really big time moves by him. But at the same time, the Giants still only won six games. We need to keep that in mind. We can't over, Mm -hmm. we cannot inflate what actually went down this season what actually went down is four of their six wins came against the worst division in football one came against the boroughless Bengals. we cannot take that out of the out out of consideration and we have to consider that three of their last four games they played really bad against playoff teams so all of that needs to be considered i do not think he did a good job i think he's done a horrific job honestly if you look at the full sample size over the first three seasons that doesn't mean i think it's a bad that doesn't mean i think it's a devastating move to continue to go forward them for one more season though because again all the reasons i just stated before there's not any guaranteed better candidates out there it's covid they're behind the eight ball because they've they've stuck with him for this long and i do think there is an opportunity for him to do some damage to the roster i've told you that before i really do believe that with trades whether it be with trades whether it be with with not trading and not trying to kind of take more swings in the draft whether that be maybe investing too much in stopping the run but i think at least for that third that third thing there, he's kind of done his job there, and I think he's even he is kind of gonna feel a little bit good about that and kind of building away from that. Now, my concern with Gettleman, my two main, my main concern with Gettleman right now, moving forward as the GM, and I discuss this with you off the pod, I'm gonna bring it up on the air, is the future of two players, Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. These are two players that Dave Gettleman fell in love with during the draft process. When it comes to Barkley. He talked about that Iowa tape. He talked about watching him on film. He talked about him touched by the hand of God, met him, and everyone knows Saquon Barkley is an amazing human being off the field, a great guy you want to represent your franchise. And then when it came to Daniel Jones, same thing. Met with him at the Senior Bowl, started to watch more tape, fell in love with the kid, loves him off the field. I don't see how a guy who not only fell in love with prospects and has a history and a tendency to believe that he can outthink the draft process via his film work, and scouting he's still an old school guy he still believes that's a thing i don't think he can kind of take an unbiased eye and an impartial take to the extensions of these two players i think he's he's a big fan of them both not only as players but humans he made those evaluations and i think the giants actually will need an outside eye to come in now this is of course if the giants go on to win the super bowl next season everything changes so the giants go on to compete to win the super bowl next season let's say they make it to the nfc championship game or let's say they make it to the super bowl and lose Or let's say they even make it to the divisional round and have kind of an unlucky, unfair, referee-based loss. That changes everything. Then everything changes. Yeah, you can see if that happens, those guys might deserve extensions, not Barkley, because, again, I'm never going to be of the belief that you should extend a running back, and I know you agree with me on that, unfortunately. That's just the case. I don't care how good he is. But... I don't think if that's not the case, and let's say the Giants are eight and eight next year, seven and nine, another six and ten, maybe nine and seven first round bounce from the playoffs, and not really looking like a Super Bowl contender. I don't think this is the type of guy who can take an unbiased eye to their extensions. I think that he's the type of guy who's going to fall in love with them and extend them. And I think the Giants, if that happens, if they do fail to make a serious run next year, they need someone from the outside to come in with an unbiased eye to make the decisions on the extensions for both Barkley and Jones.
0: And I think Jones is really linked towards Gettleman. And I think retaining Gettleman is another kind of nod to Daniel Jones for another year because if you did bring another general manager in, with the 11th pick now who knows who's going to be around you would think the big three quarterbacks would be gone but if you brought in another general manager that's all but kind of washing away Daniel Jones and I know people are like no you know you bring in the general manager you can accept the quarterback a lot of people wait a very long time to become NFL general managers usually they want to make that selection and draft their guy so that's a kind of another little side story to the retainment of Dave Gettleman
1: yeah it's a great point I mean I don't expect the Giants to move on from Jones this offseason. I know you don't, and I think that that's fine. I think we've seen enough down the stretch that we both believe Jones can take a big step next year. Now, as far as it comes to the QB2 position, Gettleman will be absolutely that shit crazy if he goes back into next season with Colt McCoy. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Giants have learned their lesson from those, those McCoy snaps this year. I think they know they can't put that on the field again. And I think they need to get aggressive with their cap space about that QB2 position. I don't think they need a baby Jones along. It's going to be year three. He can take it. He's a big boy. If they put someone with talent at that QB2 position, it's better for the long run for this team and the short run.
0: And there should be several quality backup quarterback type guys who are a little bit younger that you could bring in i want to touch on something though dan where did the term bat shit come from Do you think <laughs>
1: bat shit there me. are so
0: many animals out there that could be linked to fecal matter why is it the bat that gets that kind of nod i always wondered that bat, especially bat
1: shit like i don't even know if the shit is referring to the actual shit that comes out of a bat yeah i'm not sure there's some weird First of all, what is a bat? To me, a bat is a flying rat. I think they're just disgusting animals.
0: Yeah, they're definitely not something I, I would an ever want to eat.
1: What is what is a bat? Yeah, I definitely don't want to eat it. One time when I was in Austin for a bachelor party, there's there's, there's supposedly this bridge where like under the bridge the bats are like like thousands, like hundred bats yeah. are like waiting there. So we got drunk. we're drinking on the street which is not legal there but we were drinking on the street just remember this i was hammered waiting for these bats to come out they're supposed to come out all at once like thousands of bats supposed to be the greatest thing the coolest thing we waited there for like two and a half hours no fucking bats and we're looking around we're talking to people i have to piss so bad i'm standing on the street thinking about pissing in public which is anyone who's ever been drunk in public has always gotten to that point where they're debating pissing in public and everything goes through them the same thing goes through everyone's mind like can i get away with this as far as i apologize to the female listeners who probably don't have the luxury but for the male listeners there always debate goes through your mind can i get away with this where can i go to pull this off (laughs) can someone have my back like make sure no one's coming should i do this is this the right thing to do and i got to that point and i remember just saying i give up i'm not waiting for these bats and i told my friends i'm out and i ran and i ran to a bar took a piss then my friends joined up with me later and i found out the bats never came so they wasted more time there
0: Yep. Yep. Nope. No bats ever came. Batman wasn't coming, but I have no idea where that came from. If any of the listeners have any idea where that originated from, please DM us on Twitter. Let us know. Let us know for sure. Back to Dave Gettleman. Yeah, Yeah, uh, let's just – I do hope that process becomes much tighter and much more – able to be explored and try different things and not so rigid i think that would be my main hope for dave gettleman's process going forward i don't think i understand why
1: that would be your hope but i don't think it's too fair of a hope i don't think a guy who's 70 years old is really going to change too much
0: about his process i wonder how much judge can change it judge and just everybody else that's it's in and i think it all comes down to evaluation say i know dave gettleman likes to fall in love with players and he's going to trust his board that he sets up but if there aren't great values there and there is a lot of value later on and he has a lot of, say, mid, mid-round mid grades on players that he tends to really like, then maybe that's a case where he would trade back.
1: My guess would be, Nick, that at every single pick he's ever made in his career, he's felt like there's a glaring value based on just the fact that the draft is, again, an imperfect no. process. Everyone's going to have different valuations. Mm the Giants felt like Will Hernandez was a top 15 player in that draft so when they had a chance to get him at 34 they're never going to consider trading back why would they they feel like they're getting a top 15 guy they felt like Lorenzo Carter was a top 25 30 prospect so when he's on the board at whatever it was they're never going to trade back you know so I feel like in these spots they're always going to feel like there's a glaring value they have to take which is fine it's okay you know trading back is not some tried and true process but i do believe that if you kind of look at what chris ballard has done with the colts and i tweeted this out and i put in an article i wrote today for those of you want to check it out i wrote an article for the first time in years and let me tell you something I haven't written a while after making a transition to editor when you don't write for a while it is hard to get back into writing i gotta be honest with you it took me a while to write that thing longer than it ever used to take but i wrote an article on a five-step plan that i would have to improve the giants in 2021 And one of them involved taking more swings, and I broke down what Chris Ballard has done in Indianapolis. And if you look at every single draft, he has so many picks in that second, third, fourth round range. He's taken so many swings on prospects. He's not taking one swing in in there. He's not even missing swings. I mean, Dave Gettleman's missed two. He's given up two of his early third round swings by taking Sam Beal, and he gave up another one with the Leonard trade, which is obviously you know working out to an. To a, to a strong extent. I mean, Leonard is one of the best players on the defense. I still think they could have signed him in free agency personally, but that we'll never know. And you can't give up those picks, but really more so, I think you want to get more. So even when it comes to this draft specifically, I'm not even so sold I want to trade 11, but I do want to trade that second round pick because that's always a spot where teams feel like they they're, that the first round value that's still on the board from day one on their board they sometimes teams like to trade up you know the Giants did it to get Landon Collins one draft you see it every year a team trading up in the early part of the second round so I think the really good spot for the Giants in this specific draft would be to trade that second round pick move back in round two and acquire another third or even move back even further and to acquire a third and a fourth or another two third just take more swings in that range especially with the Giants hitting on homes hitting on Slayton in that in the in this kind of range hitting to some extent on Lemieux in this kind of range finding guys like Crowder later and then that's even later but you know the Giants have done a decent job under Gettleman a much better job than they ever did under Jerry Reese, of finding third, fourth, fifth round talent. And so I just want more swings there. They have not They have depth issues on this roster, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. It's time to take more swings.
0: I think I agree with you. It's hard to to disagree with you. Now if someone's sitting there at that second round pick that you feel like can add immediate value. You don't do it for the sake of doing it. But I just think it all needs to be explored. And I think in the past, it hasn't been to the fullest extent. I think yeah, that's fair to say.
1: That's, that's a good way to wrap it up. So let's move on to another topic of news for the Giants and that's Joe Judge's comment on the Eagles decision well what some people view as tanking and I think at this point it's fairly I think we can all be fairly certain that they were tanking based on comments made after the fact by Miles Sanders reports about Eagles players almost getting into you know physical altercations with coaches Jalen Hurts on the sideline saying that ain't right when when they saw it go down The fact that Nate Sudfeld is not an NFL talent and was in the game there. And so Joe Judge came out and said the following.
2: Obviously, players have asked me throughout the day, and and I just can't express that. The one thing to keep in mind with this season is we had a lot of people opt in to this season. Okay. We had a lot of people opt in. All right. Coaches, players. That includes family members as well. All right. So, to look at a group of grown men who I asked to give me effort on a day in day out basis and to empty the tank. And then I can look them in the eye and assure them that I'm always going to do everything I can to put them at a competitive advantage and play them in a position of strength. To me, you don't ever want to disrespect those players and their effort and disrespect the game. The sacrifices that they made to come into work every day and test before coming in to sit in meetings spaced out to wear masks to have shields over those masks to go through extensive protocols, to travel in unconventional ways, to get text messages at 6.30 in the morning tell them practice is going to be canceled. We have to do a virtual day, okay, to tell them, please don't have your family there for Thanksgiving. Please avoid Christmas gatherings. We know it's your wife's birthday. Let's make sure we put that one off to the off season. There's a number of sacrifices that have been made by all the players and coaches in this league. There's a number of sacrifices that come along as well with the family members and the people connected to them. To disrespect the effort that everyone put forward to make this season a success for the National Football League, to disrespect the game by going out there and not competing for 60 minutes and doing everything you can to help those players win, we will never do that as long as I'm the head coach of the New York Giants.
1: What do you make of those comments by Joe
0: Judge, Nick? I absolutely love these comments by Joe Judge, and I think it wasn't in the audio clip, but to preface, he said the Giants, we had every opportunity to win these games and it's on us so he took the responsibility that i believe he has to take because you're a six win team so you don't have a lot of leg to stand on but it did come down to that last game and there were decisions made tanking decisions that were made and joe judge i think he did an excellent job kind of seizing an opportunity even you could say because he's laying out hey like look you guys come play for me You give me 100% of your effort, I'm going to give you 100% effort, and we're going to coach to win football games. And I think that's a good flag to raise up to pending free agents and things like that. I don't know about you, Dan. Like, If I was a football player, I would kind of want to run through a wall (laughs) for this kind of guy. I mean, I really like those comments and support what Joe Judge said. And I think
1: that's consistent with what we saw from this Giants team all season long. They played hard through every game, through every snap. And I'll say this. Fans, general managers, owners could argue there's more value for the Eagles than losing that game and getting the sixth pick, or I'm sorry, the sixth, was it six versus nine, sixth pick in every round instead of the ninth pick. And you look at a trade value chart, and there's no denying it. But I'll tell you who doesn't give a shit about any of that. The players, they don't care. They don't think that much about the draft they don't think about draft capital they don't think about all these things that fans owners and gms may think about they don't give a crap they're not going to be like oh you know what that was a really interesting play by the eagles by our gm and by our owner or whoever made the call instead they know that they put their bodies on the line every single day every single game and not only that they put more than just their bodies on the line than normal in this season because of covid it's not like covid i hope we don't have any like anti va anti-maskers in this podcast because maybe we'll just lose them and I'm sorry but I'm just gonna say this COVID's real and it's killing people and it's not just old people sometimes there's cases where young people can get it and they can be sick or some of these players may be living with their older family members who then could get it and get sick and nobody wants that okay they don't want that they're putting that on the line by playing this season out Just like Joe Judd said, these people have had to put up their wives' birthdays, they've had to put up family members' gatherings, Christmas, Thanksgiving, all the things that they look forward to on a normal season, they haven't gotten a chance to experience. So when you go out there and do what the Eagles did, there's no wonder why you've seen what's come out this week from all of the players' You know, reports of potential altercations, what Miles Sanders said on the radio let's bring that up nick let's bring up what miles sanders said
0: yeah let's bring that up and i do agree with you because it comes off so disingenuous because you know the coaching staff demands 100 percent from these professional football players and when the coach and the general manager and whoever was in charge of the decision making actively makes a decision to give your team a Lesser chance to win while you're demanding the most from players. It's it's such a terrible look. It's so disingenuous, and it's really disgraceful to be honest. But hey, happens to a good old Philadelphia Eagles team. Go figure that one out. And per Jeff McLean from the Philadelphia Inquirer, who I have read at times
1: has been compared to Pat Leonard of the Daily News. I can't <laughs> believe I had to bring up Patty again. I'm sorry, buddy. um uh, You know, but it is what it is. And I've seen that. that's so take this with a grain of salt. All I'm saying, but. He said several players were shocked and outraged. You saw what Jalen Hurts mouthed on the sideline. This ain't right. And then on 94 WIP Sports Radio, Miles Sanders today, on Tuesday, I'm sorry, today said, man, if I'm being honest, nobody liked the decision. Nobody. That's all I can really say. I don't know who was the main person behind that decision. All I know is that a lot of people on the team were confused. That's not good. You don't want to hear that ever. It's not something that makes any sense to the players doing what they did. And so I support what Judge said. I think it's going to earn him respect in the locker room with the Giants players. And I
0: think he's already earned that anyway. You could see how hard they play for him. The Eagles don't owe the Giants anything. Let's, let's try to. I know it's hard for everybody listening to this podcast and Dan and I. Let's try to remove the Giants from it just from within the Eagles locker room. That's kind of where the real, like, wow for me comes from because it is kind of slapping your fans and slapping your players in the face that's really what you end up doing especially when you have guys like jason kelsey who takes so much pride who literally in early december came out with a video talking about how no team would ever tank and how you play to win every game and how anybody who wouldn't do that shouldn't be in the nfl and then literally less than a month later his coach does exactly that in his organization so it's just it's not a great look for the eagles
1: yeah not at all and listen so the big news and it came like what 12 hours after a report surfaced that the Jets wanted to interview Patrick Graham, Giants breakout defensive coordinator, for their head coaching position. The Giants stepped up. They ponied up. They opened up the pocketbook, which I've always said has never been an issue for this ownership under under, under the Maras. They are willing to spend, and they spend willingly, and that is a good thing for Giants fans because you need owners who spend. Trust me. I just came off the Will Ponds with the Mets. I'm a Mets fan. It was not fun being a fan of that ownership crew, one that did not always want to spend But the Maris spend, and they made it a possibility by opening their pocketbooks and giving Graham a lucrative extension to stay with the Giants. And in the release, you know, or not the release, Dan Dugan of The Athletic reported that Graham will no longer pursue head coaching opportunities for this offseason, which is excellent news. For me, this is actually the biggest news, biggest, best possible news of the offseason. Because I'll be honest with you, Nick, if you told me we're going into 2021 with Dave Gettleman, Jason Garrett. A new defensive coordinator i think there's a good chance it could really bottom out bad because i think a lot of why the giants won six games this year was patrick graham i truly fully believe that i do not think he worked with much in that kitchen yes bradbury ryan and martinez made a big impact but he lost all his edges didn't have much edge to begin with didn't really have a cornerback to all season had to deal with the mckinney injury and had to force guys like love into you know a role that we don't want to see him at in the deep safety half and again didn't really have that second linebacker and crowder played okay at times but didn't really fully have a second guy there either so this is the biggest news for me this is so important that the Giants can bring back Graham for the continuity for the fact that Graham is just an absolute genius and was only getting better and better as time went by and the fact that now he's going to have even more to work with he's going to have better ingredients for next season
0: and it shouldn't be understated either and look Patrick Graham was kind of forced into calling a lot of zone a lot of cover three type of coverages but Remember, when he was with Miami, they ran a lot of man coverage, and some people may suggest, oh, it could have been Brian Flores, but then we see in week 17 against the Dallas Cowboys, they ran a lot of man coverage. When they have the personnel to, they want to run man coverage because it is a more effective coverage and it forces quarterbacks to throw into tighter windows. Where there's not those big voids in the middle of the zone. But I think the Giants' zone coverage was excellent this year, and that was in part because it was taught very well by Patrick Graham and Giants had the personnel to do so so if they get the personnel to play man coverage they can really diversify what they can do on the back end and that could also allow the pass rush to get even a little bit better as well because if quarterbacks don't have clear places to throw the football they're going to hold on to it just a bit longer and just everything that Patrick Graham has shown us from trap coverages to the Tampa 2 robber inverted cover 2 type of stuff to the adjusting his game plan mid-game to going into games with good game plans and from just stopping the run, and yes, that is also a personnel thing, but utilizing that bare front in a in a advantageous way and not always going two-gapping principles, but using two-gapping as well to allow those linebackers to scrape over the top to make plays, he just employed what he had to the best of their ability, maximizing the personnel, which is something that we haven't always seen. He's not trying to fit square pegs into round holes. He's doing what he has to to win, and that's what you want from a coordinator. I mean, I can't say enough about Patrick Graham, and I love the fact that the mayor has dished out money for him.
1: Yeah, and as they continue to add pieces for Graham, it's not just gonna be more man coverage, What you also see is something he did a lot in Miami, which is blitz. He blitzed a lot in Miami. He called zero blitz more than almost any coordinator. He blitzed, and we started to see more wrinkles of that. This game, we talked about Blake Martinez shooting the A-gap to get that sack, and we also talked about throughout the season some of those corner blitzes, some of those nickel blitzes, and we'll see more and more creativity and diversity as he improves the pieces there. I believe the best way to help him out would be to get him a lockdown corner too alongside James Bradbury. There's other ways to do it, though, and the Giants are going to explore every single option in every direction, and I think there's a really bright future for this defense because Patrick Graham was retained by the Giants.
0: Absolutely agree, man. I couldn't be happier when I saw that. I was actually going to go on a podcast with a with a Jets podcast and talk about Patrick Graham, and then literally that news came in, and I was like, oh, guess that's not going to happen now. <laughs> it was
1: such good news to see. I saw it on my phone, and I was so excited as well just because it hasn't been exactly the best news for me in the last couple of days. I You know, I'm not saying, you know, I'm devastated by it, but I wasn't hoping Dave Gettleman would be retained. And I also was hoping kind of they would move on from Garrett and try to explore something creative there in that direction. We'll get to some news on Garrett in in the first place in general there. But I will say this getting Graham back for this defense is as good as it gets for this offseason for me because I thought there was a really big potential for a drop-off. It's it's not just like the creativity we talk about. It's little things too. It's just like look at you look at the film and the difference in the lapses and coverages in those James Betcher's defenses over the last two seasons versus what we saw from this season. There were some breakdowns against the Ravens, like a couple, and there's some breakdowns against the Browns, not even as much. That was mostly just an awesome timing thing and a great game plan from Stefanski, but really th- so many so many fewer uh breakdowns and coverages and lapses and coverages from this grand defense in one season of teaching a defense a brand new system with virtual meetings to start this thing off it's like what can he accomplish next year with a full off season otas assuming you know that actually hose down who knows what's going to happen there with covid still kind of rampant but all of that in play to me this was just slam dunk i mean listen we had ocu manure on this podcast and he basically broke down why he's so impressed with Graham. Just from watching the tape, he's a defensive player. He gets it. He knows. He understands it just from seeing it. You could see brilliance when you watch it. It was very fast for us. You can notice it right away with Graham. It's there, and now the Giants have him for at least the 2021 season.
0: Man, you and York should probably strap the pads on and get out there, bro. <laughs> and he guys might, needs he might edge. be the Giants' best edge rusher right now. <laughs> he still might be the Giants' best rusher this minute yeah i know but you know what if there's anybody in the chargers front office listening you guys should hire jason garrett that (laughs) would be excellent jason
1: garrett winning record as a head coach the cowboys really good winning record well over 500 how many code coaching candidates are you interviewing now that you can say that about so obviously developed quarterbacks developed quarterbacks Dak prescott tony romo to an extent i can't think of any others though did he work with any other quarterbacks daniel jones (laughs) you weren't supposed to say that (laughs) listen jason garrett request to interview jason Garrett came in from the chargers now from what i've heard peter king actually went on colin coward and said they're kind of casting a wide net they're going to meet with a lot of people this was garrett's first head coaching interview of the cycle at least first reported i ultimately think they're going to hire brian dable of the bills brian dable is such a perfect fit for justin herbert it's not even funny. I actually tweeted out before Justin Herbert was drafted that why can't Justin Herbert work in Brian Dable's system and a system similar to Brian Dable's. Now that could actually come true and you could actually put those two together. And Justin Herbert to me is like a souped up version of Josh Allen, which is crazy to think because of how good Josh Allen has become. But Justin Herbert, like I had a tweet from Scott Barrett, uh, fantasy guy, but also you know does a lot of analytics and stuff. Justin Herbert's combine, I never realized this until he told me this, it was in, like from his like the uh, athletic testing in his combine the agility his speed his size he's like actually a freakish athlete doesn't take the arm talent completely out of it and you have a freak athlete so all the things that brian dable did to utilize josh allen's athleticism in his system in buffalo he can carry those over to los angeles so ultimately i think that's where they'll go but you know what if you're listening and you're in the chargers front office put in a good word for our buddy jason garrett because we think he deserves another head coaching kick
0: absolutely absolutely give that guy a higher. but you're right man I just pulled up the mock draftable from Justin Herbert dude had a 94 percentile on the broad jump 89 percentile on the vertical jump I don't think uh I don't think I White realized I, I knew we had a really good combine but we weren't really looking at quarterback because we had Daniel Jones but yeah dude's a freak athlete man and he wasn't even really utilized that way he was just more of his arm talent now you get him in a system similar to what the Bills do with Josh Allen Woo. That could be really, really exciting. Could be very exciting. We'll see what happens there. Maybe they'll hire Jason
1: Garrett, though, and the Giants will be forced to go outside the box and get a new offensive coordinator and a new system. We'll see what happens. There's still a lot to go in the Giants off season. We will wrap it up there right now for the news. We will say this. The news could be coming fast and furious. So. Keep it locked and loaded, the Big Blue Banter podcast. We know Gettleman and Mara are slated to speak later this week. We might have a recap of that, any key takeaways from that. And we'll be doing more stuff like this throughout the offseason before we kind of transition to free agency and the draft and all that good stuff. So again, if you want to help us grow the show, if you want to do your part in building the Big Blue Banter podcast, go ahead, head over to iTunes, give us a rating, five stars hopefully. Hopefully you're Kwamezilla And even if you were thinking about giving us one or three or four, you'll upgrade us to five like Kwame did on December 11th. But head over there, give us a five-star review, rating. Subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you download. Make sure you hit the download button whenever you listen. Don't just play. Hit the download. We need downloads. That's what it's all about. And then finally, if you want to follow some of our fun, our more fun content, Sean is doing an excellent job of running our Instagram page. So head over to Instagram at Big Blue Banter, NY Big Blue Banter on Instagram, and you can find all of our content there.
0: And also, the All Twenty Two will be dropping right after this. There is a review, so stay tuned for that as well.
1: Yes, we're doing it a little differently this week. We're first going to drop newser and then later that night we will be dropping the all 22 breakdown thank you and have a great rest of your week